0: And welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Renu. And we're in the midst of cooking dinner, so when my yeah. phone explodes, sorry everyone, it's because I don't want to burn the house down. And
1: you don't get to have any dinner.
0: No dinner for you. No. Well, I hope you do get to have dinner, but not no, what I'm making. Not our dinner, no. So, before we get started, talking about these mid-two episodes, these are, this is the exact center of the season. Uh, and it is
1: juicy, I guess. Juicy center? Is that a thing? It used to be. Like a gusher? Yeah, there used to be like this gum, and it had some sort of hard outside, and there was gum inside, and then there was like a dab of mint jelly or something.
0: Yes, they made that in watermelon as well. Really? I don't. Yeah, I think so. That's what I recall. I don't remember. Mint seems very
1: strong and abrasive. Yes, it's supposed to be like a gum, and then you bite into it, and it has all these different horrible flavors that you don't want in your mouth.
0: Watermelon is also a gum. Just because I like fruit gum. You're not better than me. How was your week?
1: My week was actually pretty good. I am holding in my hand an antique that I got this weekend. You did? From an an antique store. Anticue. That's what they're really called for people in the know. I'm holding an Underwood and Underwood stereoscope. It's sort of like a uh, tiny 3D.
0: It's yes. not tiny, for first of all. Who,
1: it's chonky. You <laughs> don't know what a stereoscope is. It is the Victorian version of a Viewmaster.
0: Was Viewmaster 3D? Yeah.
1: Not for me, it wasn't. It was just pictures. Yeah, well, it's supposed to have a 3D effect because of the two pictures. There's two pictures that you look through the glasses on the View Master, and one picture is slightly smaller than the other, and sometimes they would do tricks like they would lay one in a different color than another, and so the end effect was to overlay them. and. Uh, I never
0: looked at them correctly because I have glasses on my face.
1: Yes, and apparently that's a common problem. I was reading today mm. when I was doing research on my antique stereoscope that I now own because I'm special that um, there are some people who can just look at the stereoscopic card, which is just two separate pictures and one slightly smaller than the other, and get the 3D effect just by staring at the card. That's the
0: same people who can see a stereogram uh, like those photos, like from rats. It's a schooner. It's a sailboat. A schooner is a sailboat. There's, there's pictures that have a bunch of, like, it's a jumble, but then you mm-hmm. look past it or whatever and you can see it. Apparently, I found out that if you have an astigmatism, hello, I have an astigmatism, then you can't see them. And I'm like, oh... <laughs> Well, that's why I can't see them. I have a
1: slight astigmatism, and what's great about the stereoscope is it's really just like a pair of goggles, Uh and there's a stick about 10 inches long. Yeah. It has a slide on it, and you can adjust the picture so that you reach a length where you can see the two Well,
0: you also said, look in the middle. Look at the middle line, and that's when I could do it, because otherwise I couldn't do it. And it's also hard, because my whole face won't fit in it, because I have glasses on them. Right. So,
1: Yeah. But it's Special. very neat. I'm, I'm very happy that I have one because I have been in the process for about a year and a half of writing a novella called a stereoscope. I never actually owned one. I just had a bunch of old cards, so now I'll be able to look at them. Do and... you
0: have the car- other cards that will work with this? I have
1: other cards that will work with it. The <sighs> Underwood Company produced, they, they mass-produced stereoscopic pictures um, using a machine that was not patented deliberately by Oliver Wendell Holmes, the poet. Mm. and he didn't want to do it because he wanted this form of mass entertainment. This is like the internet before the internet. There are pictures of exotic places and foreign countries. Naked and, ladies. Well, I'm sure there were those too, but <laughs> famous historical characters and things like that. There's so. always porn. Yeah, you, there's <laughs> porn everywhere. I but, know. Yeah, You can go to any antique shop, any bookstore generally, and find j- lots of stereoscopic cards because they were so popular. And then with the invention of tel- uh, with uh, excuse me, moving pictures and things like that as a form of entertainment began to die down. Radio, when entertainment came into your home, in particular radio and television, it just disappeared entirely. But um, but there I am with the height of Victorian entertainment. You've done it, I've done it. So, Congratulations. How, were, how, how was your weekend?
0: It was fine, I didn't do very much. You painted, I did, I painted some. I wasn't feeling very good most of the weekend. I don't know why. Mm.
1: But you don't have COVID. Ah, uh, not that I'm aware of. Thank God. Uh
0: yeah. No, I don't. I didn't feel bad like that. I think mm. I felt bad uh, from depression.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Because
0: our country is
1: uh, garbage. Yes, that was very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. So that was the same day that I bought my stereoscope as a matter of fact. And yeah. I did not think about horrible, I just horrible laid people. in
0: bed and felt sad about the hypocrisy and selling out of our country. So, you know, good stuff. Cool, 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 cool. And it did not lead to me doing very much work. That's okay because I am got up and also didn't do very much today. Yay! <laughs> I'm in a spiral. I'm
1: in a spiral. Well, no, it just is consistent.
0: <laughs> yes, that's it. I got very little done. I will continue to get very little done tomorrow. Maybe I'll get a little more done.
1: We'll see. Gradual, progressive steps. Like I'm
0: drawing done. outlines of lilies that I want to paint, so yeah. that's sort that's of that's where, where I'm at. So I haven't painted them yet. I've just painted the outlines, so... Hopefully, I can get some paint on a canvas at some point. Let's talk about these episodes.
1: Yes, I'm enjoying the episodes now. They seem to be moving at a much faster pace.
0: They do. I was surprised by how quickly the one we watched yesterday, which was the second... This is Proximity. Excuse me. The second of these two episodes. um, Yes, Proximity. Mm -hmm. uh, It was a full hour long, but it didn't seem that way. It seemed to go by pretty quickly. But it was like a 57-minute long episode, Mm -hmm. which is long for an hour show. Right. Uh, But first, before we get to Proximity... We must talk about on delay. And on delay, which That's means we call it endale. <laughs> what does on delay mean? Forward, onward, I guess. Come on, or let's go. Okay. Also used to express agreement, like okay. So there you go. This yeah. is directed
1: by RoboCop.
0: This one was directed by one Peter Weller, mm-hmm. who you presume is RoboCop, and I presume is also RoboCop. I thought Peter Weller was dead. <laughs> but, uh, Apparently he is not. Uh, I don't know why I thought that. Man, no, he's still alive.
1: False internet rumors, probably.
0: Apparently, oh, I don't know if he's... Huh. I just uh, did a quick Google. Mm -hmm. A Google. And uh, his latest credits are some TV series. And uh, they are directorial things. So he has been directing some stuff including this, obviously, mm-hmm. but um,
1: why... Did he direct an episode of The Walking Dead? It seems like everyone directs episodes of The Walking Dead. Uh,
0: new episodes, uh, episodes of the new versions of MacGyver and Magnum P.I. and Hawaiian Five O oh, yeah. <laughs> or Hawaii Five O. excuse me, uh, Longmire, Salem, Justified, Sons of Anarchy, The Strain, a show oh, that yeah. you enjoy. Yes, did. So yeah, so he's a legit. Like he's done three episodes at least of all of those things. Okay. So and uh, yeah, eleven episodes of *Sent off Anarchy*, mm. *Sons of Anarchy*. Okay. So yeah, it was like his whole jam. Because I was, I noticed that *Sons of Anarchy* and uh, Longmire and Mayans MC were all on the, the list, and I was like, uh, on his like mm. known for list or yeah. credits list, and I was like. Was he in those or was he directing yeah. them directly? Yeah, well I, so. So. I guess he was directing them. fifteen episodes of Hawaii 50. Why? Um, because you get to go to yes, Hawaii. To Hawaii.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's better than going to Vancouver. No offense, Vancouver, but it's better than going there. So uh yes, this episode was directed by Peter Weller. Uh was it written by uh anybody we know?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Alexis De Dehane, Diane Diane So nah. Deane. And Owen Bender. Bender, who actually is a, yes, I know him. He's a robot on uh, no, Futurama. No, that's
0: different.
1: Yes, it's the same robot. That's
0: a different one. So this originally aired September 19th, 2018. We haven't talked about when this falls mm. in the chronology, just next. <laughs> 2018, that's two and a half years ago. Mm. Ish, two and a little bit more years ago. No, about a half a year. We're already pretty deep into 2021. I don't know how it happened. It doesn't
1: feel like it. It feels like everything's just been this sort of... It's like running downhill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Killing famous people
1: in every direction.
0: (laughs) Uh, So this one picks up pretty much exactly where we left off with the last one. Uh, Al sitting outside of Bill's house Mm -hmm. being steered. Uh, Bill thinks that Sadie's texts to her boyfriend are a slam dunk and Jerome is like mm, <laughs> I don't believe it and then there, and, uh, they have a conversation early in this episode that is very good mm-hmm. very good acting by Gerald Jerome playing jerome (laughs) uh, which is not confusing at all talking about because we have talked very briefly that we don't we've never seen his mom right and he's like that's you know everybody thinks that suicide walks around with a sign on its head and then he describes his mom's last day and the way
1: that he does it is lovely. It's an example of really good writing and mm-hmm. a, a performer really committing towards that. Series. Yeah, I like
0: this dude a lot. I want mm-hmm. him to be in all of the things. I need to rewatch Moonlight. He was in Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to rewatch Moonlight, anyways. That movie's really good. Uh, and so he's not jumping on the telepathy bandwagon. Mm-hmm. He's just not. Uh, somebody else might be though, and that somebody is Holly. Uh, Before we get there, though, uh, Jerome thinks that Bill is fixated on Brady. Well,
1: this is also the the prevalent point of view of people around him.
0: Yes, which we'll get further into with Ida in the next episode. There's a scene between our two least favorite new characters, or two of our least favorite new characters. Let me... Felix Babineau and Antonio Montez. Two big dicks that don't dick well together. I don't know. I was gonna do great tastes and I just took a left turn it's and it didn't no good go out
1: great. Once you start with big dicks. Yeah, sorry no about that.
0: Ahead. And also I doubt it. Um <laughs> That might be the, the whole reason why this is. Nobody, going it's ways. none of my, it's none of my concern, and right. I'm not gonna genital shame anybody. But keep your hands to yourselves, everybody. That's including you, Montez. Is, yeah, I know. Uh so Montez basically is like if you can wake this motherfucker up I can get famous mm-hmm. and and become
1: the DA I can take him to trial I can yeah. Yes
0: because I guess there's there's he, he basically is like you don't want to end up with your the end of your career being just the head of neurosurgery at this at in mm-hmm. in this uh, you know general hospital in Bridgeport or Bridgeton, Bridgeport, what are they called? I think it's called Bridgeport, Ohio. And Bavno's like, yeah, no, that's not my ultimate goal. And Montez is like, same. And I am now, I have now taken lead on homicide uh for the DA's office, which means I have two options: becoming the DA or fading into non existence. Yeah. And I'm not fading into non existence because I just bought a fancy great craftsman.
1: That becomes important later on. Yeah,
0: uh, modern craftsman, I believe he refers to it as, and he says uh, he needs this as an it's a name-making case, and this is his because quote no one's been thoughtful enough to slaughter an entire family or thrill kill a bunch of white women lately, so that's lovely.
1: Well, I think that these two characters are very similar in a way. With Babineau, what's a little bit uncomfortable is that. The responsibility seems to be laid on his wife, like she's very ambitious and she's constantly she's being Lady Macbeth in this story. But
0: she's also forcing him into all yes, of this and she stuff. Is, but I, and in one point, we, uh-huh. we you noticed that there's a scene between the two of them where she has him by the
1: balls and the throat. Right, which I liked <laughs> because it was a, it was. Not so subtle what she's doing, but I don't like the fact that it keeps saying, you know, you have this fancy wife and the upkeep on your fancy wife.
0: But he also... Which
1: is part of the interaction that he has with Montez. Yeah. And then it goes towards, you have your ambitions because I've seen your wife and I've seen what you're trying to do. Right. I see what you're doing and I have the ambition of not being... I've risen to the top of my profession as far as I can go here. Right. And this is not where I want to stop. Right. But... Felix is um, a soft,
0: weak man. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how he wants to portray himself right. or how we're supposed to be portrayed, he has no spine. He cannot stand up to his wife. Mm-hmm. He makes terrible decisions and then is feels victimized by those decisions. I just feel a little
1: problematic that it's being blamed on his wife. But again, I see that they're they're well, they're keeping this sort of he's making dynamic.
0: the decisions, but then constantly he's. Mm-hmm whining and complaining about having made those decisions. And it's like, well, you did this. Right. She also did all of this. Mm-hmm. And she is a terrible person. We find out, I don't know, if it's this one or the next, this the next one. This next episode, I think, where yeah. she
1: gives very clearly her motivation. is: yes. You've always grown up wealthy. I've grown up poor. I've never oh, no, but not
0: that. Just that she knows some things oh, about yes. this oh, drug. Yeah,
1: well, we should say that yeah, because it's kind of yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So she's... She,
0: well... We don't think highly of women on this show. Well, that's so. what
1: I mean. Uh, when I say that it's problematic, it, it, the female characters, it's, how can I put it? There's a, well, you know what? I don't know. Are there more repulsive female characters than male characters?
0: I mean, Because it seems no, like,
1: right, it seems like everyone's no. pretty repulsive. No,
0: the, the, there's, okay, uh, Brady's mother is repulsive. hmm and Babineau's wife is repulsive, right. and I would argue that no other women in the show are repulsive. I don't think Lou is repulsive. I don't no. think Sadie no, is repulsive. No. Well, like the point I'm that trying to term, make is when you're
1: saying that women are treated badly on the show, it's like are they worse? Are the female characters worse than the men? But what do you mean
0: by worse than the men? That's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. The the characters, the way that they are drawn, only two of the women are.
1: Well it just deeply
0: seems like, flawed and bad. Right. The rest
1: just get treated like shit or blown up. <laughs> okay, that's what you mean when you say they're treated badly. Yes. I mean like the characters themselves are they're not role models necessarily that we've No, sort of but they're also to a just to really they're also awful people.
0: not very few of them have any agency that isn't if 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 a woman has agency in the show, she's terrible. Well the show generally
1: she dies very quickly.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. They, uh, um, but but not through her own choices. Janie got mm, blown up, and Cusack's character, um, you know, talked to death, but Mm. you know, victimized again by Brady. Lou victimized by Brady. Um, Sadie victimized by Brady. Holly has been was victimized by her parents, and Mm. is standing up. She is the one. She and Ida are the two women who are you know, still standing erect. I I
1: really don't see also what, um, to be perfectly honest...
0: And then, but Felix's wife, Cora, she's got agency and is terrible. Kelly Lynch, we would argue that her situation gave her less agency, but all the agency she took and had, she used to abuse her child. So...
1: Because I, at this point, don't understand... Really, the contribution that Nancy Travis's character is making. Yeah, she's pretty peripheral at this point. Other than and I'm not sure. I, I I don't know. There's a couple of characters in here the the season where I don't know what they're doing or where this is going, and maybe it'll build to something. Maybe it'll just be nothing. I mean, I think Nancy uh, Travis right now is just mm-hmm.
0: giving us a rounder look at Bill's family and uh-huh. giving him a love, love interest. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what she's doing. She's giving him a love interest. His as right. that
1: love interest exploded. So, and I don't feel that she'll survive necessarily, but we'll see.
0: I don't think i I don't think she's in danger. I don't think that their relationship is going to mm-hmm. become. No, you know, obviously. I don't. I don't. You know, I I don't seem think this is a long term thing. We've seen
1: Ida being introduced to another male character, um, a school teacher at her school, and that seemed to be something that was dropped in specifically to let you know that she's going in a different direction. This is not.
0: Well, she also said, you know, he says, are you bringing up sex again? And she goes, I don't think you're that lucky. Like she, she also was, I mean, part of that was a, almost like holding out a branch to a drowning man. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't necessarily, I'm desperate to have sex with you, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I'm looking for a sexual partner this seems like it would be mutually You're beneficial. Door, so You're literally very convenient. She and she said that and that she's very pragmatic about it yeah. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But she's not going to mm-hmm. like she's she's too old and too well put together to keep throwing herself on that pyre. Like and and he doesn't seem like he's drowning anymore. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, she has to keep trying to save him in this way, because he's fine other than this, you know, obsession. Uh, Holly and her meeting. Holly and her meeting, a a member of what appears to be like a Asperger support group Mm -hmm. person or something similar to that, a neuroatypical group uh, that she was a member of and has not been continuing, Um, but he is basically a parapsychologist, I don't know that he's a, well,
1: I don't know. Go
0: on. He has a degree in psychology and he was looking at psychic phenomena. So I would argue that he is a parapsychologist.
1: It just means he's interested in parapsychology and he wrote a paper on it. Well, um, his thesis. Right.
0: So, once his... again,
1: <laughs> that's what I would argue.
0: Um, and he has been sort of shunned for his work, mm-hmm. but he believes in it. Um, and basically it explains... Bands, uh quantum entanglement to minds, uh, matters of the brain. Um, quantum entanglement is complicated. If two bodies are entangled, quantum particles are entangled, they can affect each other even halfway mm-hmm. across the world from each other. They remain connected even when not physically connected by space. So there's some other mesh or framework that these particles are a part of. And he um believes that there are people that are manipulators that can do that with people. And so Holly is like, oh well maybe it's possible that Brady is this. Well
1: she's investigating like a scientist every possibility. And yes. So and eliminating the ones that cannot, uh, that don't make sense. So yes. she really, the whole purpose of this, uh, again, is interesting. Watching her take action uh, and trying to find out if she can find a reputable source who can validate the opinion that maybe Brady is um, doing something. Well, doing something causing aggressive this. form of telepathy. is Basically, what it is, he can't act or move things, but he can move people. So this is what she's beginning to accept.
0: Yes, Bill meets with the Maggie, the nurse, mm-hmm. um, and says that who who says that Brady's heart rate uh, spikes through the roof both when Sadie jumped and when she tried to attack Bill with the scalpel. Mm-hmm. Bill wants to see these records they're under lock and key and maggie is like um babino's on my ass mm-hmm. he basically said that he was going to get me fired if i keep talking to you so i need to not get talk to you but then of course she relents she tries to break in to get the records and is busted because she's bad at it <laughs> she is not a she is not criminal detective.
1: she's not a ninja no, not which a is spy.
0: fine that is
1: fine Oh no! I think it was a little out of order for Bill to pressure her into doing this. anyway. it absolutely was, because especially was because none of those things. He walks up to her and she mm-hmm. immediately says,
0: "You can't be here. I can't talk to you. Right. I'm going to lose my job." And he immediately goes, "Tell me some things." And she's like, "Did you not hear what I just said?" Because right. he does not listen. In these
1: two episodes, I think that what we're seeing too is him acting more like a cop or putting is, sort of he very cop moves into it. Copy and in this episode, also in the next one, proximity, he does a number on the poor, the Lenny of our story. Yeah, and that that's a little unfortunate. Yeah. So it's hard to watch. That yeah. whole episode is hard to watch. It's because it's the performance rough. of an actor yes. who always gets to play the bully in movies. Then you see him. just... I
0: think I've only ever seen him like this. Really,
1: I've, I've,
0: yeah, I, I I've seen a... him like this a few times. But let's let's wait yeah. until we get there. So she gets busted. And Montez, um, I don't know how Montez knows she gets busted. Probably like, everybody just, seems to know everything right. in this. T- it's, it's wild. Uh, and he storms up to Bill's house, which don't. Right. Don't. Because already Bill threw him out because he questioned the serial killer wall. And he basically is like, um, I'm going to pull her nursing license and I'm going to pull your PI license. Mm-hmm. And imprison him if he leaks anything to the media. Um, Bill is like, what is that, ten years? I'd probably die in prison. So what what would it hurt me to for the extra five years? He said he calls it a nickel, the extra five years to beat the living shit out of you. <laughs> and uh Montez is like, is that a threat? And he goes, I don't threaten. <laughs> That's a promise. Ooh. Uh, and Montez
1: leaves. As you would, the man is huge, and that's a great scene because we—he I mean, Bill kind of like snaps back.
0: First of all, it's we really forget random. how big Brendan right. Grayson is, and I, I noticed that uh, I think maybe earlier in this episode, or he's talking to Jerome, and Jerome mm-hmm. seems like a reasonably sized yeah. person. And seems so small in the way that they film him next mm-hmm. to Bill. I think they're also doing that because it's like a father-son yeah. type scene. So they actually, I think, make Bill look bigger and Jerome look smaller. But yeah, I was like, oh, I forgot. Brendan Gleeson's like a big dude. Right. <laughs> and Montes is
1: not. The byplay play and the way that scene is written out is terribly funny too. I won't spoil some of the funnier lines in their confrontation. But it's very, as we pointed out this morning, it's very Irish. It's yes. very colorful and very yes. profane, but it's very funny, too.
0: Yes. And now we have, um, sort of, if you just listened to Bill, this shit wouldn't have happened, but mm. Felix and Montez are constantly talking about Brady in front of Brady. Mm. Even though Felix kind of knows that Brady might be in there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're still talking about him in front of him, because... They're dumb. And so the details of Montez's house, the style and address, because he basically said what corner it's on, uh, leads Brady to re-take over poor Al Mm -hmm. and then steer him to Montez's house where Mm -hmm. he kills Montez's beautiful Rottweiler dog. And then breaks into the home, steals a gun. We don't, we haven't, that gun is like Chekhov's gun at this point. Mm. Because we we know he opens the gun safe, the gun locker. We presume he takes the gun. We don't know where the gun is now. We don't see the gun again. Uh, Chekhov's gun? It's Chekhov, like, like Chekhov uses a gun in the, puts a gun in the first scene and then you know it's going to be used later. Oh, okay. It's, he, it's literally a gun, but I've heard it used like, that's Chekhov's, you know, straight okay, razor. Exactly Chekhov's. Yes.
1: I thought it was like Schrodinger's cat or something. It's those, Is it it's there? The, Is it uh, not there?
0: It's the, it's the knives over the kid's head in The Shining, right. where you're just like, well, <laughs> those are coming back at some point uh yes uh Chekhov puts yes there's a, mm. a gun mentioned in, in act one and by act right. and in act three somebody uses it so in this is literally like Chekhov's gun so what happens to this gun we don't know two episodes and we don't know right then we see Al heading home and he's cooking uh the steak that he used to lure the dog which is weird and our roommate thought it might be the dog meat, and I'm like, I don't think that's what's happening. it was
1: edited in such an odd way that you're getting flashbacks of the dog being stabbed, and so not having seen the scene where it happened, she just came in going, why am I watching a dog being stabbed and then the steak being cooked? Um, Because it seems like Al is coming into consciousness at this point that something... Yes, right
0: as he's cooking, he comes into consciousness, he looks down and he's covered in In blood. blood. And he freaks out and Mm -hmm. he starts crying and he's like i don't understand i don't understand and it's really really sad and it only gets worse it only gets worse that's the other thing is yeah the sort of the abuse of an intellectually disabled person Mm -hmm. in these episodes is both tough to watch and a little cliche and bullshit but that's it. so felix is talking to cora because what is hipaa nothing it's nothing go ahead and talk to your wife about your patient sure this is totally legal. So they're talking and of course because this show thrives on coincidence and mm. ease or convenience rather uh Cora is like oh, we've got a new thing it's from re- research and development it's this eye brain thing do you think that might help to help Brady communicate? Of course it will.
1: Of course it will
0: so convenient that you have this in research and development, and it's years from working, except it works perfectly. So
1: so another science fiction prototype that they're throwing into the story to aid this particular weird storyline.
0: Yeah. Montez, you know, gets home, discovers what's happened, and he's so shaken that he goes and asks Bill for help. Basically says, so all of those threats that I made, I'm going to renege on them, Mm -hmm. because I need you to help me find out who killed my dog. And also because I did this thing to Brady, and he talks about his assault of Brady. And when he was assaulting Brady, he says something to him in Latin, which is then written in his house. And nobody else was there. Except it turns out Al was there, but he says, oh, but he didn't hear me. And I'm like, why would you even write that he was there if he could have overheard you? And it's definitely him. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And that's how the episode ends. Brady's going to get new hardware. Montez has asked Bill for help. Al is shaken and doesn't know what's going on with him. Uh, Holly uh, believes in mind control. (laughs) (laughs) Or is starting to believe in mind control. And so that's, That's the episode. We're we're in the middle of a lot of things. We Mm -hmm. don't get any resolutions at all. No.
1: But I I felt overall this was a good episode, especially the twist at the end where we have Montez actually asking Bill for help. For help. Just like... And it's a good performance, too, because he looks He's shaken. Like, how the hell did this happen? And maybe it's the moment in Rear Window where Grace Kelly's character turns to Jimmy Stewart and says, tell me everything that you think is happening. Because... Something that seemed impossible is now something that very much seems like it could have happened because there's not really another logical explanation. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep.
0: Second episode this week, episode six,
1: Proximity. Proximity.
0: Not sure why it's called that.
1: It's a kind of car. It's how close you're standing to somebody. It is. So maybe it means how close um, they are to solving the case or how close Brady is to somebody that he has to take over them
0: or how close Brady is to Bill's dick because that is how this opens this episode opens with Bill having a nightmare wherein Brady has broken in he is sitting on the on the chair the arm of the chair next to him in mm. his uh, ice cream man outfit yeah. uh, and has tied a rope to Bill's dick and keeps tugging on it quote like a choo-choo as though that is a thing that anyone's ever said uh, so he has a, this dream where he is led around his own house by Brady uh apparently in pain mm-hmm. and forced to urinate and then he wakes up and he's in his chair and I'm like oh no Bill is sleeping in his chair again that's a bad sign and also why are you dreaming about Brady and your dick
1: stop it uh Yeah, it's real weird. Well, I believe that this is a very um, ham-fisted version of the the by-the-balls analogy that we keep coming back to.
0: There is a lot. There's a
1: lot. There will be
0: some later with another character today. Mm -hmm.
1: There's a lot of balls-oriented stuff here. Um, Yeah. Don't like it.
0: Yeah. So, Bill wakes up. He... uh, I guess he's like, hey, Ida, come over for, for coffee. I want to run something by you. And she, he tells him her the dream. And she's like, why are you telling me this? And she does not believe any, she doesn't believe that Brady is there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't believe anything. She thinks he maybe needs to what's the word I'm looking for? Get therapeutic help. <laughs> uh, and says as much to him which he doesn't love, but she does say, and she's pretty insightful, she's like, look, without intending to, Brady opened up your world at a time when your world was very closed. He it un, uh, he did not intend to f- find you a romantic partner, but mm-hmm. he did. He did not intend to, you know, give you a mystery to solve, but he did. Like, all of these, he, uh, Holly's in his life now because of him. Janie was in his life because of him. Jerome is closer because of him. Like, he opened up, Brady opened up Bill's right. world.
1: This has not come to it as a surprise to the viewers who figured that out in the middle of season one. Well, you know. But uh, Bill seems to be very slow on the uptake. Uh, yeah, uh, that was an interesting scene because it also puts in contrast the fact that everything that... Um, Brady was trying to destroy him, actually wasn't working. It did the exact opposite of what he was intending to do. Yes. He right. was trying to drive Bill towards suicide. Towards like suicide, he had to and other he drove people, him the opposite way. And instead, he brought him back to life. Because he doesn't know everything. Right. <laughs> Pro tip Brady
0: Hartsfield doesn't know everything. Uh, but Ida's maybe the only person, Ida and Jerome maybe are the only two people who are like, He's not in there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Lou is uh, going to go ahead and finally... There's a scene in the previous episode that we didn't touch on, and that was Lou. After she um, has a therapy appointment, her therapist is like, well, what would you say to him? And she acts it out in the mirror, in in the bathroom, after mm-hmm. a shower, it appears. Her hair is wet. She's only got a towel on, and she doesn't have a towel on the whole time. Um, she she the scene is performed topless, but it's not it, what you can see of her. You see in a fogged up mirror, so mm-hmm. it's not, uh, you know, overly sexualized. Uh, and she really just screams, you know, "Fuck off, fuck you, fuck mm-hmm. off!" into this mirror, and has taken this sort of empowering feeling that she got from that and decides to go to Brady's room. And she talks about her her big stumbling block, what mm-hmm. she can't get over, is her whole life she's had to fight the world. And what she had prided herself on was being able to tell if somebody was dangerous. And she didn't see danger in Brady. Uh, she didn't see him right. as a threat, even though he most definitively was. She we, we find out that she had to have three surgeries and she almost died of internal bleeding twice. Uh, and then we find out the story about the tricycle. Uh, she says that when she was little, the only thing that her foster or that her real parents, her quote-unquote real, her biological parents left her was this tricycle, Um, and she had it at her foster family's house, and she would ride it around the RV park, and one day, um, this family came with this little girl, Megan, and the dad of the family beat the shit out of her foster father and said he stole from her and was um, was, carrying out, uh, like, a computer and a TV from the, the trailer and was taking the stuff away, and then they tried to take her tricycle, and she fought them, and she's like, I fought them like a demon, right? Like, she fought like a little maniac, and they turned the tricycle over, and underneath, she'd never seen it before, written in marker, was a name, and that name was Megan. So this bike was... This tricycle wasn't even hers. Mm. But it's all she thought... Belonged to her. Belonged to her. And she said, that was the most worthless I ever felt until the day you stabbed me. Like, that's where we're at with Lou. And I'm like, that's a very good story. Beautifully told. Some good acting. By this actress, who I
1: really like. Uh... But like Bill, she's also coming to life as a result of Brady not being able to overcome her. Yeah. And I don't. I didn't. I know that the topless scene where she's yelling into the mirror. Yeah. That you didn't particularly care for it.
0: I didn't feel like she needed to be topless. That felt to me like we're on AT and T or Audience or whatever. So let's let's get some nipples.
1: Representational because she's a woman. And it was different from a man yelling into a mirror that it was a woman yelling and being, being empowered and screaming and getting this out of her system. So I didn't see it as exploitation. Well, she wasn't getting it out of her system, but um,
0: I don't know. She could have wrapped a towel around her, like, yeah. like everyone who – like, that's what we do. Yeah, you but know it, what I mean? I
1: actually think the scene played more primal for me that way.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Or they could have just – actually fuzzed it out and Mm -hmm. if i hadn't seen her nipple right it wouldn't have been a problem i was like why i didn't i did not i don't feel like i needed that i mean it's a fine nipple don't get me wrong it's not it's not that and it's not it's just it just felt like we're asking a lot from her Mm -hmm. like as an actress those scenes are hard to play and then to ask her to do it Topless, being directed by RoboCop. Like I'm a little bit like really. I don't know. I,
1: to me, it worked. I'm, I'm sure you know everyone has a difference of opinion, but yeah, for um, me, it just came across as a different kind of energy rather than you talking to me or something. It except that's exactly what it was. And, and very was. angry, and I, that's what I liked about it.
0: I don't. I, yeah, no, I think that puts it more in the you talking to me mm-hmm. rather than less into the you, you talking to me category. Um, but she says, um, why, like, why did you spare me? She refers to it as a mercy. Why Mm -hmm. did you do that? And then he types out with his eyes because he has this new magical thing. Mercy was my mistake. But, um... Does she see? She doesn't see that. She doesn't see it. She sees him moving his eyes, though. Like she knows that he's he's there. Yeah. And then they find her because nobody's supposed to be in this room. This is. We find out later that Bill was never supposed to be in this room, and he's been in this room. The entirety of the credits genius, at the very yes, least,
1: how many people just walk into this room, put a cop whatever they out
0: front, write. what are you doing? What is happening? i don't understand Nobody but yeah, she sneaks that. in because the other thing is there's a big glass window with mm. blinds that are closed. Right. Leave that shit open,
1: yeah,
0: if you know that people are leave, leave it open what are mm. you what is happening <laughs> but yeah, so she but then they drag her out, she doesn't like it, she fights against it, but Strikes it out, and then he's like, "Oh shit! <laughs> like I can't be seen, you know, communicating." Even though Felix, Doctor Babineau, whatever we want to call him, has said, "I will make sure that you go to a mental ward and not prison." We know
1: that he's lying to him because he's making a completely separate agreement um, with Montez. Two right. Montez
0: in front of Brady, right, Exactly. That's what is, I don't oh, understand. God. I'm like, you could make other. Other, this is, you know, agreement. This agreements. is like a
1: stage play or a sitcom. Remember when they used to have the one set and people just run off and on the set doing bits of business, but, and then run off again?
0: But then there's one dude in the middle who's hearing everything. Right. Like, like he's just a piece of furniture.
1: Except you know that he he's isn't. He's the couch in Three's Company, right? He's the center of the room and <sighs> except everyone watches him. the whole in front of him. point of this is season is that he's not that the, the couch. Not couch. <laughs> right, exactly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, what it begins yeah. to feel like, like everyone wanders on stage and gives their soliloquy and then walks up yeah. and there's just the guy. So, the guy. but
0: he's able to back
1: space uh-huh. up until there's like just an M it. Yeah.
0: and then, uh, but
1: not so fast that Babineau doesn't see it.
0: Babineau sees the M cause mm. he does not And then, uh, he, he beg basically begs Brady for more and Brady responds by typing fuck off. Right. So I guess he's, he's there.
1: Great. But this begins a good art for Babineau, too. Mm, disagree. He now realizes something really wrong could happen, and that plays into some other scenes that happen. Motherfucker, that. you knew that before. I know he knew that, but now it's just well. You, well so okay. he tells
0: Cora because once again, fuck HIPAA, fuck yeah. patient confidentiality, fuck the law, you're, you're looking fuck like at the all, of all that. Movie. You're thinking She's like so Hayatomy happy. Or something. It, she goes. To, she was in Grace Anatomy*. She goes to Brady's room and uh-huh. touches his thigh in a way that is upsetting. I mean, he licks his like computer. Oh God! Yeah, screen mm, where her, her face up. is. It's really wild. Then they give him an fMRI. Mm -hmm. What the fMRI does to his mind palace makes fucking no sense at all. (laughs) Uh, So I don't even want to talk about it. There is some, no, there's some mind palace nonsense where it's like he's in an earthquake, but why? For what? What are you talking about? Like, and then later what the fMRI quote unquote reveals is that he responded to like commercials and jingles and songs the way mm. that you or you or I would. It's clear he's in there because he had this response to these to things. And
1: leadership.
0: it's just like that's not that might be what an fMRI shows mm. that there is um awareness be. to certain things, but the earthquake that is happening while he's trying to like meditate
1: right
0: it makes no sense like they treat the the magnet in the mri like it's sucking at his brain that's not what an mri
1: does and And i've had an mri let me be
0: clear that's the other thing is like you this don't is very feel much anything. The
1: kind of fast and loose with science and rules. It happens. Um, yeah, this this does very yeah. much
0: feel of a piece with that time travel or that. Oh um, my god, the clock that puts itself back together. Yes, like, that it, proves time travel. Yes, right? What? That's what it feels like. Where you're just like, um, if I was super high, I might be like, yo, that makes total sense. Yeah. But I am not high enough, apparently. Then we've got Bill. He, there's two. Bill's going to do two things. Mm -hmm. Bill's going to destroy Al's life and then ingratiate him, try and ingratiate himself with the Babinos. First, he goes to Al because he knows that he was around when Mm -hmm. Montez said what he said. Right. And he asks Al, you know, where were you yesterday afternoon? And Al can't remember but Al is guileless the stereotypical mm-hmm. tv or movie I- intellectually disabled or you know mm-hmm. a, he's a slower individual he has this job he lives with his brother he's able to drive but he's not altogether yeah. altogether right he's very sweet he's very pie-eyed we know he's not that sweet He's the one who pulled the head off of that bear, Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. But we get this image of this childlike man who doesn't know what's going on. As uh, Al is getting into his car, you know, Bill sees something down on the um, footboard of his car, and he says, what's that? And Al's like, oh, it's probably blood. We get it on us in the ER Bill asks about booties. He says, "Yeah, they rip, and then you get blood and feces and urine on you, which I'm sure is true." Right. Uh,
1: Bill that offers part to... That actually felt very authentic. it when did describing yeah what it's like being there, and and Al came across. It was really kind of heartbreaking. Of course it is. His first association is, "Oh, you're a PI like Magnum." He like Magnum, any... and he's like, no. "Bill's like, no, <laughs> right. please, no." Relationship to the real world.
0: Um, and then. Bill asks if he can clean it off for him, mm. which Al doesn't know any better than right. say yes and you're, oh, you're so nice.
1: Yeah.
0: And they run the tests and it's dog blood and Montez goes in fucking... Guns
1: blazing. Guns blazing
0: so and they find the bloody knife and Al doesn't understand what's happening to mm-hmm. him. I mean, it's clear. He, he lives with his brother. Uh-huh. He he what, He gives his brother... Haircuts, mm-hmm. and his brother makes him soup. soup.
1: And yet, they, the the police Montez leads just—I don't know how many cops. It's he needs to get like to one six
0: job. cops to and go into this house. They first break
1: into the car, find the bloody gloves. That's um, right, and then they break in and tackle him, and he's just bawling like he has no idea why this is happening. But yeah, it it's sucks. very hard to watch because once again, the acting kind of puts it at this level.
0: Yeah, and Montez is being a total fucking douchebag and you know you kill my dog you kill my dog and al's like i didn't i didn't do anything Mm -hmm. i don't know his brother is like get off my brother Mm -hmm. fortunately nobody gets shot but you know they're white men so mm. and uh bill actually i will say this it is commendable for him to be standing in the front yard when al comes out yeah um, So that Al doesn't think he's on his side. If he has to talk to him later. He Al is, also
1: seems to have a moment of just like shock. Like, why did you do this to me? Which I think is going to affect Bill. Yes. Because Bill, as we know from before. He doesn't want to do is, this. Is not in the business Mm-mm. to hurt innocent he's people. He's not
0: trying to hurt people. He's not mm. trying to take from poor people. He's right. not trying to. Yes. No. He doesn't want his day to accumulate in people being worse off than they were right. when the day started. That's not what he wants. Bill's like, this isn't that doesn't I'm seeing this and this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know how he, he's talking to somebody else later and he's like, you know how you can like smell evil and sense evil? You yeah, can also sense the uh, the absence. the lack the absence Holly. of it. And he's like, this isn't he didn't He tells it
1: to Holly who just is she's really Consistently written in these episodes. Yes, because when when Bill brings back the, the story about well, you know, because he's explained to Holly that Montez is going to lift these. Uh, oh,
0: he, right. Previously, he had had a conversation with Holly where he was like, "Look, Montez is looking to pull our pull our licensure," mm. um, and Holly is like you uh, you're going to sign i'm gonna my lawyer's gonna draft a thing that says you are working outside of finders keepers mm-hmm. finders keepers i guess is just under her name it's yeah. not under they're not a partnership legally mm-hmm. um and she basically is like you're going to basically pull all um responsibility towards you and he's like, absolutely. Right. He says, I think he says, fair enough. And she says, there's nothing fair about it.
1: Right. She's, uh, well, what she does in the scene where he comes back from
0: yeah, meeting, from the rest yeah. with Al,
1: you see that she still has this thing where, to her, it's like, it's almost, and I'm not saying this in an unfair way, but it's like a game that she gets to win. And so when they find Al, she's happy about that. But still, it's the same thing as yeah. finding that young man who was on the run with his two kids. Yeah, it, this is not what Bill but, signed up for. But also, persecuting innocent people. At, but but mm-hmm. also at that,
0: Bill says Montes is not going to right. go after us, so she's happy about that as well. Right. It's she's not so much that, that, that but, also but think, she also thinks that right. Brady is again she's
1: getting, getting into people's to, brains
0: right? Um, and and puppeteering them. And, was that, was it Ida that says there's puppeteering and there's puppeteering after he was puppeteering his dick at the beginning of this episode? Like, it's a lot of layers of things.
1: I think this is where Jerome has his scene, too. Because he's insisting that he wants to be a part of Finders Keepers.
0: That's right. He's like, this is... This is good. Like I am, he because Bill's like, what are you doing here? It's like tech support, but mm-hmm. he's done a bunch of research on the Babinos, right?
1: And at this point, he's actually kind of found the connection connections, yes, between uh, Babinos' wife, Cora, and uh, suspicious Chinese government exper- or Chinese pharmaceutical companies pharmaceutical companies experiments, and experiments and, yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah, and. You know, Bill's like, great, you can be, because, and, and yeah, Jerome talks about how there's this world that we think there is, and mm-hmm. then there's this world underneath that, which is like, mm, he refers to it like the blood vessels mm-hmm. and the uh, um, the breathing and mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the the part of the world that, like, makes the part that we see run and that's what he wants to be a part of and bills like great do that with a harvard degree
1: but then he gives another like in as many episodes another great scene where he describes the explicit and implicit racism of being at harvard right and, and
0: Bill is like, it doesn't. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well,
1: he, Bill is sympathetic, but at the same time, he really is, as, as Jerome leaves the room, tells Holly, he has an opportunity that, he has so, an few opportunity that get. so
0: few people get. But the other thing that I don't think Bill has thought of, and we don't know how Jerome is paying for college, mm-hmm. but what we do know is Jerome's father lost some jobs and doesn't have enough work right. to pay Jerome over the summer. Which is the other reason mm. that he's doing work for with Bill? Right. Uh, not just he's also doing gazebo work. We right. see some gazebo work in these episodes. Um, but there's also the possibility that, in addition to Jerome not liking what he's dealing with at Harvard, he may have some guilt about the drain, the financial right. drain that it is causing for his father, and the fact that. You know, and those two feet off of each other, mm-hmm. right, like I need to be grateful and happy that I am doing this thing because my father is making this sacrifice to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I am not grateful and happy, so maybe right. I need this like it's this it's this it's cycle like the, the
1: speech was really it was another well written speech um and it actually reminded me a little bit of Ian Fleming when he's describing the, in the James Bond novel the whole. There's the world that operates day to day and people do things, they pick up their newspapers, they eat their dinners, they go to a show or something. And there's the people who operate in this kind of subterranean jungle who make sure all that happens by killing, stabbing, stealing, murdering, and basically operating so that everything's stable enough for, for other people, the mass majority of people to right. be able to carry on their day. And, and it's one of those things that uh, you don't think about much. Yeah. which is all the horrible things that happen so that people can have a sense of normalcy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then with the research that Jerome has done, Bill goes and sits down with Cora and Felix, who are at a cafe or something. Yeah, it
1: looks like they're at the uh, well, it looks like they're at the cafeteria for the hospital, maybe. Mm, I can't
0: it, I thought it so, was. but
1: then it looks like a cafe behind them. Like, okay.
0: it doesn't look like a it's weird. But he goes and sits with them and is basically like So you are connected to this Chinese pharmaceutical company and you definitely gave Brady some shit you shouldn't have given him. Uh in order for you to have the breakthrough that you wanna have, mm-hmm. uh, you need to um, what's the word he says? Um, provoke. Mm-hmm. The best, for for Brady, the best thing that you can do to get him out is Mm -hmm. to provoke him. And I am the best person on the planet to provoke him. So let me come in and do it. And uh, if it works, great. Um, But either way, he can't stay in this hospital. He needs to go to a Mm -hmm. facility at which point, back Cora the whole time is like, "Don't know what you're talking about." Right. Can't and she's very unconvincing. Possi- she's extraordinarily unconvincing, especially with her husband across the, right. from her going, "But what? But how? How would you? Mm. You got to protect us, and no, we can't do that. And he'll never. We're not going to let him move." And I'm just like, "Dude, you have no fucking poker face." And she mm-hmm. is
1: trying here, but yeah. Yeah, but even on her own, she's not convincing because Bill's yeah. seeing right through it, cause it. and that's kind of what's neat here too again is that we're seeing a lot of these skills yes that we know that he has yes
0: he's using a lot of the right. cop there's a lot of cop in these episodes uh and then he goes and he leaves and then mm. they are driving back and we have this conversation between the two of them and this is where i lose it with felix i'm like this dude's a fucking sniveling piece of shit with no spine um and his wife is uh terrible human being. But it turns out that this company that she does work for, uh, they did a control
1: mm-hmm.
0: in a prison. This is what Jerome found, but he didn't. He couldn't find the details because yeah. the details were hush-up. Uh, they did a control in the prison of this uh, drug wherein they gave half of the people a placebo sugar pills and they gave the other half this drug. And what ended up happening is all of the people who took the sugar pills killed themselves because the test subjects that got the drug got inside of their minds, the test, mm-hmm. the the control group's minds, and forced them to kill themselves. So she, she knew, she knew mm-hmm. that. Now they gave them to to prisoners. We don't know if these prisoners were psychopaths, were murderers beforehand. We don't know if this drug makes them more of that, of that mm-hmm. or it just was these people's natural state, and it right. just allowed them to do it more. Uh but it doesn't matter because Brady is a psychopath right. who wants to get people to kill themselves. We already knew that. Babanu knew that, and he is pissed that she didn't tell him this. And he she says, "I'm under. I was under strict." confidentiality and he yells, I'm your husband, and she yells, They're my employer, and I'm
1: like, Oh what oh I, I actually <laughs> I like that scene. I like, I like that, that scene, scene too. It just lays it out where she where her loyalty lies.
0: Of course it does. But she is a garbage person. Mm-hmm. Like The ultimate garbage person. He gets out of the car like a petulant child. She gets out after him. And that's when, yeah, it's, you've been comfortable forever, and I'm just trying to claw my Mm -hmm. way up, which is not a good reason to do the things that she has done. Uh, So then they end up getting back in the car and, and, and moving on. But they do, he does bring bill mm-hmm. into the hospital room because i guess at this point felix is like well i've done what i've done i yeah, am yeah, what i you're am beginning and... to
1: see felix but once again still the fear of what he's doing though now he's getting like okay if that's possible we have had a suicide here i mean so, yeah well yeah. that's
0: the thing i don't know if he's made that connection it I, would I, be wild if he hadn't, yeah, but they, exactly. don't right. you, you <laughs> they don't explicitly right. say it. They don't explicitly say it. Um and but here's the here's the the thing for me. Mm-hmm. I guess what their end plan is. Because we've I've been stuck on the what the fuck is your plan? Because you can't publish this shit right. and you're gonna lose your license. But I guess the plan is. She gets billions of dollars, and they just live off of that.
1: They could very well do that, and just knowing the direction the research can go, and the fact that it's been proven on some level, right, they'll find a more legal means right. to do it, right,
0: but... and they'll just get paid right. off for it, right. Exactly. Um, so when he, you know, if he loses his license, oh the fuck, well, I guess, right, which is a wild risk to take. But so Bill goes in, uh, tells him. Basically what Ida told him about Brady rejuvenating his life. Uh, and he also starts with saying, "ali, ali, Oxenfree, which is what you say when you're playing hide and seek. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I know you're in there. I know you're hiding.
1: And this was how we began the episode with "ali, ali, yeah. Oxenfree before the um, penis puppet dream
0: no because we open with the
1: penis puppet no, it dream It starts right before that you hear the Ali Ali
0: okay but he starts this conversation with Ali Ali Ximfraya, yes. so I didn't hear any of that before that um and so now he's like you know before I was drinking myself to death and now I'm working with a steady job I've got friends and family and Brady's like I don't like it and uh Bill is at home. He's looking for Fred..
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't know where Fred is, but he throws a chunk of lettuce. We're hoping that Fred's okay.
1: I'm hoping Fred's okay
0: i We had one animal death in these episodes. I don't need another one um and he <laughs> and I'da have a really, like a funny conversation, like a brief mm-hmm. sort of uh very friendly, yeah. jovial conversation. Uh they say goodnight to each other and uh his phone Bill's phone goes off and it says Ollie Ollie Oxenfree from an unknown number. Right. And uh row, row. Now we've got ghosts in the machine or whatever. What is it? Lawnmower man.
1: <laughs> Brady's I, I, gonna become lawnmower I, man. I really liked these two episodes. I really enjoyed them. And um there's just really funny bits. I like the fact when, when Bill finally turns on the DA and gives him what for. Uh, i I thought the scene I like. I said I um. Oh, also the really funny conversation about having a tortoise as a pet. Yeah, I have a tortoise. I hate turtles. Right?
0: He says no, He <laughs> says a tortoise, and Montez goes, "You mean like a turtle?" And he goes, I mean, like a tortoise. I don't care for turtles, (laughs) which rude. We have a turtle,
1: but yeah, it's it's. There's a lot of fun writing in here. There's a lot of interesting. Holly gets that really great scene where you become aware that despite the fact that she has some difficulties in processing, that she is very much defending herself and taking her new life really seriously.
0: Absolutely, and she like at one point she she says. Um, she tells Bill. She says, "Don't snap at me. I wasn't. I wouldn't be my mother snappy, and I won't be yours either." Right. And I was like, "Yeah, good
1: for you." She's not in any way, shape, or form kind of not
0: just good for her because
1: she's got these issues. Good mm-hmm.
0: for her for fucking right. not letting people no, just as a like person it. to not let somebody talk to her like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and there's also scenes where uh, she lets him know that his her. His profanity doesn't bother her anymore. Like, she's just gotten over it. She's gotten past it. I, yeah, I like the way her character has developed and how, um, how really self aware she is.
0: Well, because she's your favorite and you love but her. But she's
1: aware that she has limitations at times and she's aware that she doesn't like being pushed on her limitations, like when she was, uh, on a stakeout and just really hated it. Yeah, but, um, but at the same time, she's also very much going to take care of what she needs, which is I don't. I have to be treated with respect. I have to be treated um, as an equal partner.
0: So, yeah, yeah, for and sure. And
1: Jerome, Jerome really stood out in these episodes. Really
0: great in these episodes. Really, really good in these episodes. Like that dude. Want him to be in all the things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've only got two more episodes of the show of, mm. of this show of this podcast four more episodes for the season okay uh next week oop I gotta get the what oh, do you know the titles I hate both of these titles all yeah. right uh seven is fell on black days mm. and eight is nobody puts Brady in a Crestmore," more which is just a oh, sweaty that is really late just isn't it? very sweaty <laughs> uh Yeah. So, (laughs) those are the next two episodes. Both are co-written by Samantha Stratton, Mike Bass... Badastick, and Dennis Lehane. All three three of them have written both of those episodes. To be directed by Jack Bender, who did all of the episodes except these two for this season. So... um, that's what we'll watch next time. Fell on Black Days, and nobody's nobody puts Brady in a crest more, which, like I said, woof. In the meantime, in addition to those two episodes to mm-hmm. keep up, do you have anything you would like to recommend?
1: I think I'm recommending the same thing that you're recommending.
0: Well, I was going to recommend something different.
1: I do recommend this as well, but right, go ahead. Which is the film Judas and the Black Messiah, which is currently on HBO interview max max which is the story of uh, chairman fred hampton but told from the point of view of bill o'neill which is the person who literally is the judas
0: which is the judas uh, of in the, the, the title
1: i remember seeing this interview on eyes in the prize 2 when it originally was broadcast on pbs many many years ago and the story really intrigued me and then seeing it Uh, Fred Hampton's story taken again uh, on a Black Panther documentary that was recently run on PBS. So, Um, first of all,
0: let's just start at the beginning. Fred Hampton was a 21-year-old Black Panther leader in Chicago Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who, this is not a spoiler, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but apparently it might be because uh, some people in our house did not know about it, Mm -hmm. was uh, murdered by the The FBI.
1: FBI. And this is specifically on the orders of
0: J. Edgar Hoover. And he is played by um, an almost, Martin a completely Sheen.
1: unrecognizable Martin Sheen. I recognized him immediately. <laughs> <There> <laughs> you guys both didn't, and I was like... Well, I think the thing is that we're both old enough to remember one j edgar hoover was around yes and the makeup true. job is so
0: and my my touch point for j edgar hoover and what he looked like was the terrible makeup job that they did in that movie that i didn't watch with leonardo cabrio yeah
1: no no they, they so, did that splotchy horrible kind of yeah he looked so much like him it was weird <laughs> yeah so
0: that is the premise of the film mm. uh this is a story that should be taught to everyone Mm. and isn't taught at all i did not know about it until the last five years Mm. probably this story and the bombing of tulsa in 1921 are two stories that uh have been neglected in our public education system uh even i went to you know school in california which is fairly liberal although i wasn't always in liberal areas Mm -hmm. um but I never heard of these, not either of these incidents, and they're both uh, deeply f***ed up well, and things that we should be talking about or know about.
1: Fred Hampton's story, so disappointing, his the actual personal story, is that he was working very hard to unite poor blacks, whites, Puerto Ricans in other case, Trying to create a group of people working together to overthrow oppression. Yep. And um, the the film. It's interesting how now some of the words that he uses, like actively supporting socialism, it's well, he was a communist, a, right? He was one hundred percent a communist, right? But his active support of socialism, things like that—those are words that are terrible words now. But at the same time, he wasn't. Insisting that everyone become a communist I he mean, was insisting that anybody who wanted to seek the end of oppression of people because actively i mean effectively listening to Malcolm X, Malcolm X was not a communist either
0: no but but the thing about Fred hampton and mm-hmm. uh, and the Black Panthers was the rejection of capitalism right which because capitalism mm-hmm. is what. Is um oppressing mm-hmm. all of the people, all of the poor people, right. and most of the people in this country. Um, so, the rejection, this the strong rejection of
1: capitalism. Uh, well, that's what I mean. It wasn't exactly he's not expecting everyone to adhere to communism, but the rejection of the idea that people are there to make profit. And that some people survive on that profit while other people suffer for it, uh, for what little they have. Yeah. That's the idea he's fighting. And he's accepting people from other ideas and other beliefs, even people that you wouldn't expect yep. just because he really thinks that there's something that we all have in common, which is the fact that we are being oppressed. by. But also he knew, minority
0: of... he knew what uh, you know the evangelicals mm-hmm. knew, which is we need a bigger block. Right. how do we get a bigger block on our side grab the Catholics he's like grab grab mm-hmm. everybody who's poor right. everyone who's poor is suffering in the everyone same who's struggle poor has,
1: yeah has a dog in the fight so it, the fact that he was working so hard to which is terrifying to the powers that be right. which is why
0: there was a hit out on him at the age of 21
1: yeah so anyhow uh, the film is actually really very good it teaches a story that a lot of people aren't familiar with it made me more familiar with some elements of it, and um
0: apparently, and the... the family had denied multiple multiple requests mm-hmm. to uh fictionalize the mm-hmm. story um until this one right. they are, they were on board um and were a part, both his widow and his child. Um, were on board with the uh, making of this and were supportive. You know, they ran Daniel Kaluuya mm. through various tests <laughs> to make sure that he was going to do their do uh, Fred Hampton justice. Um, and even though he's too old, <laughs> he he does a nice job.
1: So, do you have something you'd like to recommend?
0: Um, I was just going to say, if you all have not Yeah, he's exactly ten years too old. Um, if you all have not watched Zoe Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, is that what it's called? We just call it Zoe in this house. (laughs) Um, starring Jane Levy. Uh the only what's what I want. The only network uh person to be nominated for a Golden Globe. Mm Mm-hmm you should watch that show. It's very, very good. Uh, started with season one, and we're halfway through season two, which I believe, actually, we're on a break. Yeah, we are. We're We're on a break
1: until March. It's a very production-heavy show, because there are three or four musical numbers, dancing musical numbers with large casts at times, every single episode. And so, as a result, I think it takes a long time to produce the program.
0: Yeah. Uh, Then the other thing that I would say is the reason that I know about the things that they put Daniel Kaluuya through was because I'm listening to a podcast Mm -hmm. which is being put out on the 99% Invisible feed because it is um, produced with them, Proximity Media and Warner Brothers called Judas and the Black Messiah, Mm -hmm. the podcast. Um, It's a companion to the uh, movie which tells the real story, has real um quotes and um you know audio from chairman uh chairman Fred mm-hmm. and also you know interviews and things with the filmmakers and the actors and the actual people that were there and uh it's so far been pretty interesting okay. and it's i think it's a, it's going to be a limited run show there's only one episode out so far um but you should check that out also just listen to 99% Invisible just get on that stream and stay on it and that's it that's it next week those two terribly named episodes Ooh. episodes 7 and 8 and uh, until then if you have questions, comments, concerns you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at Pod or on facebook by searching Podcast in the search bar Until then, I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you,
1: better better late than than never.